welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Ah, excellent. We are going to continue our series called... That's right. Some of you have a good memory. Christmas Unwrapped. I've got pockets full of stuff. I don't know what's in it. I've got a phone in here. There we go. I don't know why that's there. Excellent. Um, we're continuing our series, Christmas Unwrapped. And for those of you who are not aware because it's your first time here, or maybe you've missed a couple of weeks, we have been looking at the events surrounding the birth of Jesus because it's Christmas time. And we've been delving into Luke, which is a book in the New Testament, the first two chapters, Luke 1 and 2. If you listen to all that we've shared over these last few weeks, you'll see that we have taken um, the uh, main thrust of the message from Luke chapters 1 and 2. And so far, we have looked at history or fantasy. We looked at the validity of Luke's writing. Luke wrote the book of Luke, funnily enough. And Pete did a fantastic job um, just laying a great foundation for everything else that has been shared. Um, says came along and preached on God preparing a way. He looked at prophecy. Then I had the privilege of sharing on the virgin birth. We looked at angels. Last week, Pete spoke about the voice of the unborn. And then my wife shared last Sunday night a message entitled, There's Something About Mary. And we looked at the song that Mary sang and what we can glean from that. And now today, part seven, okay, This is so pertinent to Christmas, it's not funny. I want to look at the rallies. Okay. Who knows what I'm on about the rallies? For those of you who may not be from around here or listening on the podcast from another country, rallies is just an Aussie way of saying the relatives. Okay. The rallies. That's what we're looking at today. And how to handle the rallies at Christmas time. Because, you know, I think family is awesome. I really do. I love family. Um, Family could probably be best described in the first line of Pilgrim's Progress. The best of times and the worst of times. I, I think that's indicative of family. Because we spend so much time together, you get to know someone really, really well. And that's awesome, but that can also be unawesome. That can be really cool and it can just be a real concern. And so we want to look at handling all these things, the good, the bad and the ugly when it comes to the rallies. You know, when it comes to family, I've seen it all and uh, it's in every family, including Mary's family. Her family was no different. The question is, how should we respond to our relatives at Christmas time. And I want to look at three things very quickly this morning of how I believe we should respond to our family and our relatives over this Christmas period. Okay. And the first thing is simply this to offer encouragement. Offer encouragement. In Luke chapter 1, reading from verse 39 to 45. It says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby inside my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Here's a young girl. I want, I, want, I want you to catch this. The trouble is with many of us, we just, if we do read the Bible at all, we overread the good bits because we don't spend enough time looking at it and asking the Scriptures questions. You've got to understand, here's a young girl. She's probably about 14 years of age. She's found favour in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord has supernaturally impregnated this woman to, bear, to, uh, to bring to bear the Saviour of the world. It's an immaculate conception. No other man was involved. She had issues as a result of this. Just imagine a young girl saying she's pregnant, but she hasn't had sexual intercourse. That causes trouble for me and for you in my thinking. So much so that the man she was about to marry, Joseph says, man, I, I, I want out of here. And an angel has to visit Joseph to say, don't go anywhere. What Mary has said is actually true. And so she's got Joseph on side because of an angelic visitation. But the angels weren't visiting all of Mary's family. I mean, that would be good. Uh, okay, then I will, but can you please go and visit my whole family and just explain to them what's happened because I was having a bit of an issue with Joseph, but as soon as you came, we're all right now. We don't read of that happening at any other time. And so all of our other family are now looking at this young girl and looking at Joseph and they've got their opinions. I wasn't there, but I know how family works. Families have their opinions. Have you noticed that? Families have a lot to say about other family members and a lot of it's not always good nor kind, particularly around Christmas when we are forced to come together and have a happy blessed day when we've spent all our year ignoring them and neglecting them, now we've got to come together under one roof and act and play happy families. And so I imagine that's going on in, Elizabeth's, uh, in Mary's world. I don't imagine all of her family is just okay with this. But Elizabeth, sorry, Mary, goes to one of her relatives, her cousin, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is a godly woman who is also carrying a child in her old age. And when those two get together, something incredible happens. It's not gossip, it's not slander, it's something that's edifying, it's something that's godly, it's something that's uplifting. We see that Elizabeth doesn't whinge and complain and point an accusing finger and pull her down, but she actually offers her encouragement. I want to encourage you this Christmas, don't get dragged down to the lowest level. When you meet with people that you have not seen all year and you're forced to play happy families and there's a whole heap of tension, because there is, I, I just know how this thing works. To be an encourager, regardless of what has happened through the year, to be an encourager. In spite of what's going on, be an encourager. 
And to have a positive attitude in the circumstance and the situation. I believe with all of my heart that encouragement creates its own environment. You see, as I've already pointed out, Mary was very misunderstood by the majority. Nonetheless, she goes and encourages Elizabeth. Elizabeth encourages her and they create their own environment. Pretty soon they are laughing. Pretty soon they are jumping for joy. Pretty soon they are singing songs. Elizabeth sings to her. Mary sings back. They're just having the time of their lives. You can go into the darkest place. You can go into the most uncomfortable place. But if you will be an encourager, you can create your own environment. You can create your own atmosphere. And I love that about Mary. You know, with Mary, we never see that she was actually justified. She had to live with the thought that she got pregnant before wedlock, more than likely for the whole of her life. But she was a woman who knew how to encourage and that encouragement creates its own atmosphere. What can you do practically this Christmas in creating your own atmosphere when it comes to encouraging? Can I just say this? Number one, smile. Just smile. It takes less effort to smile than it does to frown. Do you know that? That's why so, pe- so many people are worn out because they're always frowning. It takes more energy to frown than it does to smile. You would actually be doing yourselves a favour and saving yourself a whole heap of energy if you just smiled more. Go on, turn to someone next to you, smile. Just just. Do it for me. Smile. A smile says I like you. A smile says you make me happy. A smile says I'm glad to see you. I believe that's why dogs are a man's best friend. Because they get a warm welcome when they come home. Have you noticed that? Dogs don't have a bad attitude. They just bound up to the front door and lick their owner. Just a thought. Speak redemptively. No matter what you have to say, no matter what issues you have to face in your family situation, you can always offer hope. So many families come to loggerheads because they don't talk. They don't really talk. And when they finally talk, they just blurt. Blurting is not talking. You've got to catch that. Blurting is not talking. So we've got to speak kindness over people, even in correction, even when adjusting someone's life or highlighting something that's unhelpful. We can do it in a redemptive way. And also affirm people and do it publicly. I believe these words, well done, I love you, I'm proud of you, go a long way. There's many kids growing up and they've never heard those words from their parents. And I believe as the church, we can become mums and dads to people by just loving on people, speaking affirming words. And not just doing it privately, but doing it publicly. Let people know that you are proud of them. I know Benno and Elise just got honoured publicly by the whole worship and creative arts team. And I imagine for, I wasn't there, but I can only imagine that Benno and Elise's hearts melted. I imagine that they were overjoyed. I imagine there were tears of gladness. I bet they weren't angry. I bet they weren't upset. 
Can you imagine the creative arts and worship team lavishing love and praise and gratitude and thanksgiving upon Benno and Elise? And Benno's like, what are you doing? It's stupid. That's ridiculous. No, no, there's something about public affirmation that melts your heart, that warms your heart. And I believe that we can have incredible Christmas days if we would just speak publicly. I mean, wouldn't it be great to have some of us stand up in our family and say, can I say something before we eat? And not a religious grace that has no meaning. Oh, Father, we, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about a meaningful. I just want to say thank you to this family. I want to say thanks to mum and dad. And I want to say thanks to my brothers, sisters, my aunties. I want, I want, to, say thank, I want to say thank you to God. I, I think it could take our Christmas days meals to another level or we can say oh I'm going to go around the rallies again or we can change the atmosphere we can change the environment and we can bring encouragement to the table secondly be clear about family expectations in Luke chapter 1 verse 57 reading to verse 66 it says, when, the time, sorry, when it was time for Elizabeth to have a baby, she gave birth to a son, like Miff. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zachariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no. Uh-oh. He is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives of that name. I don't know how joyful it was at this moment right now. Then they made signs to his father to give out what he would like the name, to name the child. Now remember, John was unable to speak because he'd had this angelic visitation. And he was so overwhelmed with unbelief that they would bear a child in their old age. The angel said, okay, you're not going to say another word until this baby's born. So he can't say anything. And so the relatives are looking at Elizabeth. So what do you mean you're going to call him John? You're a woman, what would you know? And they turned to the dad. What dad wouldn't want their son named after them? See what's going on here? So they dismissed the woman. What would she know? They turned to John, who can't speak. What's John going to say? Uh, sorry, Zachariah. Thank you. What's Zachariah going to say? They made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked them for a writing tablet. They didn't have iPads back in the day. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. 
Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak praising God. The neighbours were all filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all the things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, saying or asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was on him. Are you seeing the picture? Everyone's happy, new baby. But when the naming of the child was announced and it went against the traditions of the family, there was concerns. And Elizabeth and John had to stand their ground. Now what you've got to understand is they weren't trying to be awkward. They weren't trying to be difficult. They weren't trying to be just different for the sake of it. They'd heard from God. They'd had a clear word from God which flew in the face of the family traditions. Now, can I say this? Not all family traditions are bad. We have rainbow family traditions. One of them is Monday movie night. If you want to know where I'm going to be on Monday nights, it's going to be with my family, watching a movie, and there'll usually be some lollies. It's kind of what we do. And the kids know Monday night is movie night. Not all traditions are bad. But there are some traditions that become problematic. And if we are not flexible... They can create some problems. I remember when we were younger, much younger, my mum and dad had immigrated from the UK and they had three boys. And so Christmas was really easy for us to organise. Christmas Day meant mum, dad, Pete, Tony and Ian around the rainbows. It was easy to organise. As we got older and got married and had kids of our own, and had in-laws, outlaws, and everything in between, it wasn't as easy. And some of the rainbow traditions had to give way to accommodate for the changes that were taking place in our lives. And when you've done something for a long period of time, and there's so many memories attached, it can cause problems. Because you're not just fighting a change, you're fighting this nostalgia. You're fighting the memory that attached. But we've always done it this way. There's no John in your family. The dad's name's Zachariah. That's what we always do. That's why there's lots of Zacharias around. And they broke with tradition. On a practical note, as you are growing up and as you are changing, And as some of the family dynamic for you changes. And that's going to happen again for us as our kids grow up. I don't imagine in 20 years' time we're all going to be gathering around for Monday movie nights. We're like, where's Jordan? Where's Mitch? Not even BJ wants to be around us anymore. And if we don't understand what's going on, this is where manipulation starts to come in. Maybe you've done this or at least have been on the receiving end of, if you love me, you would. Hey, it's possible to love someone and break with tradition. Breaking with tradition doesn't mean you don't love them anymore. Our family is quite extended and we do church on a Sunday, or sorry, on a Christmas day. And so we were very clear with our family as to what Christmas Day now looks like for us. 
Now, I don't know how well it was received in the very early days, but because the communication was clear, at least there's no confusion. And so when it comes to seeing Cass' side of the family, we're not going to see them on the 25th of December. We're not. <gasps> How can you have a Christmas Day dinner that's not on Christmas Day? We've always done it that way. Yeah, but I haven't always been leading a church. I haven't always had three kids of my own. Things have changed. We like to have people over that are part of the church who, who may not have people to invite them over. We like, we like to do that. It's changed. Our life has changed. And so we're having the, the, the cast side of the family on Thursday this week. I don't know what date that is, but it ain't the 25th of December. It doesn't change anything. We're still in together. And I know there's going to be no contention around that because we've been very clear about it. So when it comes to expectation... And I cannot believe that it's just our family that have these expectations. I think we all have them. And that's what can make Christmas miserable because you end up doing a whole heap of things you don't want to do anymore, can't do anymore, but you do because you're being manipulated or persuaded and it doesn't make for a happy Christmas day. It makes for a very unhappy Christmas day. And so be clear about the family expectations. Is this helpful? So get God's heart. Be clear, spell it out. Don't be rude. We don't see John being rude. John's not rude, he's just clear. You don't have to be rude to be clear. In fact, the ruder you are, the less clear it becomes. The more swear words you throw in, the, the more emotion is involved and the less clarity is there. So be clear, don't be rude. And don't give in. I love the fact John didn't give in. But Zachariah, such a lovely name. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to carry on the family legacy? But he's heard God. So be clear about family expectations. And thirdly, make room for strangers. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. It says, In those days, Caesar... Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the whole Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David. Why? Because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Oh, I know you know the story. That virgin gave birth to the Saviour in a stable because there was no room in the inn. We've sung those carols to the point of losing its meaning. I want you to think of somebody. Sky, come up here, please. Waddle up here. As she's making her way up here, I want you to think 
a pregnant woman. <laughs> it's not going to be hard by the time Sky gets up here. You're going to have a very good visual of this. Pregnant woman rocks into town. Just stand on the side. Don't face him. Stand on the side. There we go. No, not on the side, but I mean like on the side. So we can... There we go. Young woman rocks into town. Why? Because she just wants a good long brisk walk? No. <laughs> to comply with the census. She's got to go to a dumpy little town called Bethlehem. Heavily pregnant. She's dirty, she's dusty. She's looking something like this. Now, I don't know about you as a guy, that looks uncomfortable to me. Maybe to some of you ladies it looks uncomfortable as well. And the greeting they get is, no room. That is inexcusable. It's inexcusable not to welcome a young, heavily pregnant lady into your house. And what makes it even more inexcusable is that it was part of Joseph's house. People there knew him. And they looked and said, there's no room. I don't know about you, but I'd like to think that if a woman rocks up looking that heavily pregnant, having done such a long distance, you could say, hey, I've got no room, but you can have my bed and I'll sleep in the barn. You can sit down because... I don't. Now you get that because that's a story that's 2,000 years ago and it's far removed from you and I. I want you to think of 2011 and the nice homes you live in. And the nice meals and the food you're going to stuff your face with. That you don't need because you're not hungry, but you're just eating it. And there are some people that are going to go hungry this Christmas. It's inexcusable for you to stuff your faces, your fat faces, with all sorts of delicacies while people go without. It's inexcusable. Don't make this Christmas all about you and your family. Can I add, for God's sake? We've had some of the dirtiest, smelliest people in our home on the, one of the most sacred family days. Every year we just open up our home. And we know many of them aren't going to be around next year. But it's the least we can do. Please don't look at this young virgin and think, because she was carrying the saviour and it worked out okay, it's okay. It's not okay. Can I say this? This Christmas, go beyond your last name. Can we drop all last names this Christmas and say, welcome, come. Welcome, come. You are welcome in my home. And not from the people who are going to give you a nice present. I'm talking about anybody. No one in this church or no one that's attached to this church should have to do this Christmas alone. No one should. But if we make it all about you and your blessed family, we grieve the heart of God. God so loved the whole world. 
that he's prepared to be born in a manger to make it way possible that we could live in the freedom that we have. My question is, what are we doing with the freedom that we have? We've got the extravaganza tonight. We can stay away and make it all about us, and I've got a family, or we can come and welcome strangers, welcome visitors, welcome family and friends that are yet known to you. And we can make people feel special just because we care. See, here's the great thing about Christianity, and this is why she continues to shine. This is why the church continues to shine throughout the last 2,000 years. Is because when things are at their worst, the church has an opportunity to shine. If you go to most shopping centers, cafes, food outlets, you're not going to get service with a smile. And that just makes our job so much easier. You can almost wipe your nose and cause your mouth to look like a smile. People say, oh, is he smiling? That was, people are so desperate for a warm welcome. Oh, if we could just do it instead of talk about it. Can I say to us lovingly this Christmas, can we take our Christianity out of something that's 2,000 years old and flesh it out right here, right now? And can we be the encouragers like Elizabeth was to Mary? Can we be the people of conviction like Zachariah who said, I love you, but, but I can't go along with your ways because I've seen something bigger and I've seen something better. And may we not be like the people that lived in Bethlehem who couldn't even Embrace a young, heavily pregnant woman who travelled a long distance. Have you ever thought about that? And if we haven't, I ask, have you ever really read your Bibles? May God help us all. To be kind to people, to family that love us, to family that hate us, to strangers. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.